Hey everybody, this is Kat and McG, and this is the crossover Queer All Year and Getting Off podcast episode that I have been screaming about for like a month. It's finally here. Woo! This is McG over here. I just want to apologize real quick about the uh, sound quality in the next bit of um, our Technology is antiquated, so we had to rely on Skype for um, our side of the audio. So everything from Nick and Jessa sounds great, but our part is not so great. So um, uh, that's that. But our technology should be getting soon better because we have a new sponsor. Our first sponsor. First sponsor ever. Alternative Reality CBD. Um, the owner and my friend Josh McGarity strives to provide affordable medicine free from additives and addictive substances. CBD. Everyone is going crazy over it. Check them out at alternativerealitycbd.com or alternativerealitycbd at gmail.com. And we have a lot of listeners and actually one of our founders who have uh, medical cards, medicinal reasons for CBD. So... If you've been listening to McGee's little segments, then you know all about this every the whole culture, and so it's really exciting. Yeah, listen to those. Oh, yeah, no, go for it. Check out um, our. We are releasing our normal episode today, and that will have a little segment about our new sponsor in it. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sound quality, um, yeah, like we said, our our side didn't. Gr- our side didn't do very well. Welcome to Queer All Year, new listeners. Um, so we would like to recommend a few episodes to new listeners uh, that we think are our best um, to get the um, serious ones out of the way. January 27th, the um, Holocaust Remembrance Day is one of our best. That was our dog. Yeah, you'll hear that a lot in our podcast. Ike Sometime, back there. Maybe not a lot, but a lot more Occasionally. lately. Anyway, February 28th. Um, is it's called um, special episode International Stand Up to Bullying Day, and that's just an episode entirely about bullying and the consequences, that kind of thing. Um, the two funniest best ones, I think, are uh, February 9th, titled "Did Tinky Winky Do 9/11," in which we talk about um, Jerry Falwell and his crusade against Tinky Winky, the Teletubby. Spoiler alert! It's true. I guess so. <laughs> we also did 9-11, the gays, <laughs> Yeah, apparently, apparently yeah. Um, and then February 21st, titled The Gay Bomb, uh, in which we talk about people who were quote-unquote turned gay, is what they say. And then also the, um, not the Unabomber, the Olympic Park Bomber, and also um, we have a little bit of, what's his name? The N- InfoWars. Oh, Alex Jones. Alex yeah, you're going to love that bit. Oh, he cracks um, me. That... I mean, there's no way to not laugh at Alex Jones unless, I, well, <laughs> I guess some people take him to the letter serious. But... I mean, he says that the gay, the frogs are turning gay. Yeah, so, how do you uh, um, not laugh at that? So people say that they've been turned gay and then the frogs are turning gay, according to him. So right. those are, are the episodes that we would suggest. That was our apology for our sound incompetence, which is not McGee's fault. McGee is Whoa. an amazing sound producer. <laughs> um, I could have thought ahead. You but, salvaged um, it as much yeah, as you we, could. Yeah, we made it work with uh, my 2009 iMac. and um, But also, um, Kat has a bunch of good material on Patreon. Oh, Clearallyear.com slash Patreon. Even the $1 tier has good stuff. $5 tier has bonus episodes that are amazing. 
But at the same time, also go to Nick and Jess's uh, Patreon. Because at their $1 level, you get everything. Yeah, getting off is amazing. Oh my gosh, so, I'm so excited for you, you all came, to hear this. Yeah, if you came here from getting off, we appreciate it. It obviously means you're into good stuff. So, <laughs> And if you're from here and you're going over to getting off, subscribe, uh, go to their Patreon, go to our Patreon, but there's Anne. Just Do it all. Enjoy all of this. We're so excited to be bringing it to you. Woo! Woo! Hey guys, this is Kat Jones, your host as usual, and I am joined by my brother and sound producer, Mick G. Howdy, y'all. And I'm also joined by two amazing people from an amazing podcast I love, the host of Getting Off. Do you guys want to introduce each other for yourselves? Sure. Sure. Uh, ladies first. Uh, I am... Madison, Wisconsin. I'm a criminal defense attorney. I'm Nick Gansner. I, too, am a criminal defense attorney in Madison, Wisconsin. You and I are partners. We are. We are. Professional partners. Attorneys, we also have a podcast of our own called Getting Off. And it's a true crimey, true crimey legal sort of thing. Indeed. It's fantastic. I'm always talking, you know, I'm I'm a true crime person. I'm always, I'm in all these groups and people are always like defense lawyers. And I'm like, you got to listen to getting off. And like, so. Well, we. Half of your fan base is because I've screamed at people. (laughs) We appreciate that. We are both admirers and fans of your podcast. Correct. Thank you. I try to, I try. (laughs) So, um, today, um, is. That, um, obviously. We're going to talk about, um, I think specifically the, um, South Dakota Bill 1057, um, which I, uh, made fun of you, South Dakota, for a lot, for a long time. Uh, and it was, um, effectively shut down earlier this week, um, because, I mean, that's what we're all saying. All the advocates were all like, it's been shut down. Yay. There's a whole lot of, articles out there and everything about, you know, it's been defeated. Let's have another take on that. You know what? Hang on. I have to tally that. That's two tallies for me. I'm trying to use less gendered language. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, for purposes of conversation, I would note that I personally view dude as gender neutral. We've extensively talked about that, and we're in full agreement. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it on air. We should do that. I'm glad we're clearing this up, because I wonder about... I was wondering about that as we were about to start talking about it, and I've wondered about it in general, because that's a word that... It's probably ridiculous for a middle-aged man. Indeed. I mean, I can go into, like, my linguistics classes. You probably don't want to hear that. (laughs) Um, it's just all language eventually turns uh, gender neutral, but it's all it's just male. So it's like dude, guys, that kind of thing. Right, never, like, right. Ladies, or whatever. Okay, I'm going to jump off that soapbox before before it goes somewhere. It's I, a good one, though. I, that's a great topic. We should, we, we should do <laughs> another uh, episode someday about that, because I would love to talk about that. It's really fun to talk about. I believe it. <laughs> Especially when you've uh, had a long day and you have some wine and 
will let you yell at him on his mind post. <laughs> anyway. All right, so, Kat, do you want to talk more about this bill, or do you want Jessa? Between the two of us, Jessa is a better person to talk about whether this bill, you know, is or in fact is or is not in fact dead. Mm-hmm. Where well, would you like to go? Yeah, I can. I can talk about like what it. What why it's not dead, I guess. <laughs> but so. Um, yeah, this is um, South Dakota Senate Bill um, 1057. It was um, one of actually many um, bills right now that wants to make it so that parents and doctors can't get hormone blockers or um, gender affirming surgery um, for their, um, well, for transgender children. Hormone blockers are um, what you would give your child so they don't, you know, go into puberty, you know, at a specific time. Um, And then gender affirming surgery is what we call, um, we used to call it sex change, and we're not down with that anymore. It's gender affirming surgery or gender confirming surgery. Some people don't like gender affirming surgery because the, the acronym is GAS. <laughs> and was like we, we can get over that, you know, because I like the affirming part of it. But basically, um, it was going to impose a formed surgeries or prescribe these hormones. I can't remember the bill; I had it right in front of me. But there was one in California that also included um, intersex children, which I can go into later i guess um and there's just a there's a ton of them like every time i refresh my browser i'm like okay i'm gonna go get notes for this episode and then there's just a new one and then i'm like okay 10 minutes later and there's a new one so they're just popping up all over the place and it's yeah my my research i i know colorado is looking at it i know indiana's looking at it this sort of Right, and this bill, 1057, isn't the first of its type in South Dakota alone. Right. This is, I think, maybe the third time in the last not very many years that legislation... I think it was like five years, the third in the past five years. I think that, yes, I think that's right. So South Dakota is, you know, a prominent place (laughs) where this legislation is attempted. Yeah, I keep saying I keep seeing articles that say it's a testing ground for um, this all sorts of like legislation that could be controversial, and if it doesn't pass in South Dakota, then people I'm not entirely sure what testing ground means. I guess God is that a dubious honor? If yeah. this won't pass in South Dakota, it I won't know. pass anywhere. Yeah, I don't know why South Dakota. I don't know what their demographics are. You know, Kat, where, <laughs> you know, what is the origin of legislation Legislation of this type? Is this, do we, are we really supposed to believe that this is dreamt up by 
individual legislators in South Dakota, or is this coming from somewhere else? Um, well, that's a big question. Um, it's not, it's definitely not the first one there. Um, this is, um, just, I think then, um, in 2016, there was just this huge explosion of like anti-trans, anti-LGBT in general bills. Um, and I mean, you know, I don't know that we specifically, we're targeting transgender people, especially youth for a while, because it was just like for a long time, it was just illegal um, or people thought it was weird or um, people were confused, things like that. So it wasn't really, um, I don't know. I haven't really been able necessarily legislate, like, I don't know if I, if you want me to use this word, but like legislate genitalia, basically, uh, is how I. Um, I think like two years ago, there was a really big case. It was like a civil case between these two parents who had been estranged and their child um, is transgender. Texas um, over you know, who would get custody based on who had the child's best interest in mind. And I actually don't remember what the outcome of it was, but I do know, like, that was, that sparked a whole bunch of stuff in Texas, Kentucky, and I think Tennessee. And I think that was, from what I could find, that was like the first really big one that like did a domino effect type thing. Uh, it was not reported the way I would have liked it to be reported. Um, they used some words I didn't want them to use. That is, that's a big, long question going back to, I don't know why our lizard brains don't like transgender people, because that's all I can think. You know, people can't think past, you know, it seems to be like a gut reaction, and then people want to put it into legislation, because it's like, I don't understand what I'm feeling and I don't understand what I'm seeing. Well, and so a couple of things. First of all, I think you said it was a Senate bill. It was actually a House bill. Was it? Oh, um, because the, the way that this sort of got shut down was that the Senate <laughs> voted it down, but by voting it down, what they really did was kill it in committee. And so it's not going to be revived during this legislative session. That doesn't mean that it will never again be contemplated. Um, I try to keep an eye on, you know, legislation. And now it's, it's wow, it's overwhelming right now. But I kept 19, but all these things are still... Uh, keeping tabs on it because I guess it could be reintroduced or reconsidered again yep. in the future. And well, then I saw like, you know, the South Dakota bill was like they're ending in 40 days and it was pushed back 41 days or yep. something. And everyone's like, we won! And I'm like, I'm yeah, I mean, they won for the, the next 40 40- one well, day this session yeah. <laughs> um, apparently there's also a maneuver or a procedural um 
thing that exists in the South Dakota um, legislature where if enough um, of the complete Senate voted to revive it, they could. It, it could be brought back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, conceivably it could happen. But yeah, I mean, in a democracy where we have legislatures, they could always pass a law. This particular bill, this one particular bill, has been tabled for this legislative session. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything, I don't think, more than that. Right. Which is obviously a good thing, and it, it was, presumably it was defeated because there were, you know, effective efforts to oppose it from advocates, lobbyists, the public, et cetera, et cetera. Time certainly bodes well for the future, but it doesn't necessarily mean more than what it is. Right. And now we're all taking the position that it was good that it was defeated. And I I endorse that petition, but I think we should talk about why. And there are a couple of things I want to point out about this. The first thing is that in the text of the bill, the they suggested that, and this is section four, this act may be cited. I would suggest that that's pretty loaded language. It, it harkens back. We talk on our show a lot about Anita Bryant yep. and her Save Our Children campaign and like how I need to come up with like a Darth Vader theme for her every time we talk about her. It's just, it's, oh, the other thing that I think is important to note about this is that this bill was fairly narrowly tailored insofar as it was not proposing a blanket ban on the use of puberty-blocking medication to stop normal puberty to the, you know, the administration to males or surgeries such as castration, vasectomy, hysterectomy, metoidioplasty, orchiectomy, penectomy, phalloplasty, and vaginoplasty, which are all the... It only sought to prohibit the use of those surgeries and and treatments for had one sex that they define male based on sex organs, chromosomes, and endogenous hormone profiles. So that was the definition of sex. Well, right, and then that so that's from section one, the, the definition yep. you just read, right? In section two says that those practices that you went through a few minutes ago are um those are those are prohibited for the purpose of attempting to change or affirm the perception is inconsistent with the minor's sex and if you do that you're guilty of a crime so it's i think the point you're making is it's not those procedures wouldn't be banned for if they were performed for other reasons. Well, I mean, for example, if you're of your reproductive system and you need a hysterectomy, you know, a prescription for Lupron or other puberty-blocking drugs for someone that was suffering from precocious puberty, which is, you know, another reason that those are used. This was specifically directed at, number one, trying to create a legal definition of sex to distinguish between the legal definition of sex and one's perception of their sex, 
and to specifically restrict access to these medical options, which, by the way, as I understand it, are the standard of care for transgender persons per basically every major medical association in the United States. Correct me if I'm but that's the... Actually, I think it's an open letter or a petition or something. I know they have like... um... I was reading something that there are over uh, 200 medical professionals who either signed an open letter or a petition about how uh, how dangerous the bill was and how dangerous, um, you know, just all, all of these bills are for um, transgender youth and, you know, intersex youth and that type of thing. This, uh, I mean, trigger warning for suicide, but the suicide rates are so high. They're astronomical. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just mind blowing and devastating, and I just don't understand. Shown to reduce to like stop that specifically. Like, like you said, it's it specifically targets transgender youth and not you know people you know people who need it for other reasons, but. And they mean it just as much, you know? A fair inference to say dangerous drugs that shouldn't ever be used. Well, it's clear that that's not the belief, because if that were so, we would block, we would, we would prohibit their use, period. Right. It's that we don't like the idea, or at least South Dakota didn't like the idea that they would be used for this purpose. Now, they did add a section that created a good faith exception for intersex individuals. That kind of opens its a, a whole separate can of worms, really. But but the thing that's notable about this is function in a discriminatory way, even if the intent wasn't set up that way. Here, I think the plain language of the proposed law demonstrates that it was specifically written to target this particular use of these treatments. I I don't know how anyone could argue differently because, I mean, that is just explicit in the language that we've been talking about. You know, and, and what we're talking about more generally here is laws can be discriminatory or unconstitutional in a couple different ways, right? As written or as applied. a good argument that this one is discriminatory as written, just facially. Well, and actually, so the way that we're going to do this is listening to this on Cat's feed, we're going to talk about some of the ways that that happens more broadly when Cat comes and is on our feed, which will air in a couple of weeks. Indeed. By the way, we haven't even really told (laughs) the listeners our, our larger plan. Our plan! And that was, yeah, so we're doing this all together. Um, we admire Kat. Kat is good enough to, to enjoy us. So we are all together now in this episode for, intended for Kat's podcast. And later we're going to getting off podcast. So, so now everyone I tell to go listen to you guys is actually going to have to go listen. Yeah. There we go. So. <laughs> If you love Kat, and you must if you're hearing this one because you are on her podcast, and you enjoy this topic, come over to our podcast a little bit down the road to hear her 
there. I okay. introduce you to you guys. Yeah. You guys, Matt, Sally. What else do we want to say about this bill or bills like it? I mean, it is clearly part of a broader effort. Yeah. Other states, um, you know, there are types of legislation that appear to target, specifically, intentionally, transgender people. Right. And, you know, various, whatever, medical treatment or, or you know, discriminating against... Um, rights or abilities that they would otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it really does come down to um, fear in a lot of situations. It, like, um, I mean, you know, the bathroom bills in the past, and there's probably some so much stuff, um, you know, uh, like locker room things. Um, I've seen there's some uh, athlete student athlete bills trying to protect student athletes from so i think basically it's just the fear that um someone of a different gender or different sex is going to go into the quote-unquote wrong bathroom and then just take advantage of everyone in there or something you know and it's i don't know it's not that you know at some point someone person who ruins it for everyone. Yeah. And, and let me say this, okay? Instances of criminal activity that have occurred in bathrooms um, perpetrated by individuals that identify as transgender. Yeah. Are there also crimes in bathrooms that are perpetrated by cisgender individuals? Yeah. Uh, the difference is Apparently, when a trans person commits a crime, that somehow speaks to the dangerousness of the totality of the trans community. A cisgender dude committing a crime, and no one decides to pass laws about all cisgender dudes. Gee, we never see that dynamic anywhere else in the world. Right. We never see um, demographical groups who are in a greater position of power or privilege employing the argument that, oh, if one of us did a bad thing, it's one bad apple. You hear that particular <laughs> phrase. Law enforcement officer commits an offense. We oftentimes say, no, this isn't a reflection on law enforcement in general. This is one bad apple. Okay. But then when groups who are traditionally opposite, right? You, you see an attempt to paint an entire group based on, you know, one person's actions. Some of this, none of that's on the up and up, right? I don't think any of that's genuine or sincere. Because here's the thing. Some human beings do bad things, period. Like, we, you and I would, Jess and I wouldn't have jobs if that weren't so. We wouldn't need criminal laws if that weren't so. And I don't think any group that I'm aware of is immune from that. Oh, trans rights. It's just that someone committed a crime. Let's address that. We have a system for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, I don't know. It's, 
it just it comes down to fear for me and I don't understand where it comes from but maybe it's that I've okay why am I feeling like this I'm not feeling you know away any and I just don't understand how people can't think past reactions I guess is kind of how I'm feeling that like a lot of these things are coming from it's like a it's like a gut reaction or you know they call their senator or whoever and they're like I have this feeling and then they all I don't know I'm well, talking well, like I'm crazy no and I think this is kind of an illustration of one of the sort of fundamental quandaries about our country right we're we're, we're hailed um, as you know, sort of the, the creators of democracy or what have you, because and there's an element of truth to that. But the words that are in our founded documents and the reality of the history of our country really appear to be inconsistent throughout much of our history. You know, an optimistic way to think about that or talk about that would be. in the sense that, you know, one thing that we may be able to say about our country is that over the course of its history, the protections in the Constitution have slowly expanded to cover more of us. But that, ha if, that's even, if that's true, it, it is also true that it has happened really, really slowly and painfully um, and, and tragically and horrifically. Now, in a conversation you and I were having earlier today, that you know, when has any empowered group ever sort of willingly, without a fight, just given up some of their privilege or their authority? I mean, in human history, I think we could probably say it. that's true. I'm so sorry. Please take my seat on the bus. Two other things that I'd flag about, like, if you're in a state where one of these bills is being debated, things that I would suggest you contemplate when you try and figure out where you fall on this. Number one, parents make decisions. What this bill seeks to do is to fundamentally override a parent's ability to make an informed decision about their child's health care. That fans of small government and fans of privacy should be uncomfortable with that. I don't think that by allowing these treatments children on puberty blockers. The other thing I would remind people of is we actually allow parents to make some very, very detrimental medical decisions for their children, oftentimes because of, say, religious beliefs. Like, we allow people to decline medical treatment because blood transfusions are contrary to their religious for that, what you're saying. But the basis for that is something other than the basis here in the South Dakota business. Historically, I think one could say that collectively we offer more about that in the episode on our feed, but, you know, those are two things that I would just suggest people should think about, is like, by passing things like this, 
what are we doing to families and their ability to make informed medical decisions? And what are we comfortable allowing the legislature to override medical professionals about? Yeah, that's a big thing, uh, you know, that they they want to find doctors. And it's to me, it's like, well, who who's telling the doctors? to perform surgery on them, you know? So well, I find that, I find the, I mean, I, I know, you know, there's going to be a doctor out there that someone can get to perform and the ability, they're shutting down like both sides and then just completely ignoring the child in the back. And there's at least the potential for laws like this to conflict directly with the Hippocratic Oath, because if the oath is first do no harm and failing to adequately treat a medical problem. I mean, yeah, I would, I would say it, it absolutely causes harm. I mean, just seeing again, this to save someone's life, then I mean, aren't you like kind of under, you know, some sort of not requirement, but just ethically, morally, at least to consider it, you know, if the parents want to consider it and you want to sit down and talk and have, you know, a discussion about my child is literally going to kill themselves if we don't do something. It's an interesting thing to, to think about if certain professions, if the ethical obligation Laws with yeah. statutes. What 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 gives? You know, like meaning, do the ethical requirements give way to? I would suggest that maybe the experts at medicine get to make medical decisions, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, but they have you know they've got all these doctors telling them how to write the. Yeah, the the same people that think you can magically move an atopic pregnancy to a non-atopic pregnancy. Um, anyway, that's a that's a topic for a different day. But so, if you're interested in this, come on over to our feed. We're going to talk about sort of these laws generally, the history of anti-discrimination stuff when it comes to sex and gender identity, where the shaky footing is right now, where it could go, etc. at all. Exactly. Lots of really law geeky aspects. Yeah. And I assume my audience likes law geeky stuff since I'm always reading them, you know, stuff from ridiculous laws from the. Yes. Oh, there are so many incredible, or what, you know, appear incredible to us now, old timey laws from, you know, days gone by, there are, are, I mean, not even really days gone by. I mean, you and I read Supreme Court cases from like a hundred years ago that yeah. blow our minds. They're yeah. In- so. We will see you guys on the other side. And to our wonderful listeners, um, I hope you have enjoyed this. Go listen to Getting Off and not just the one with me, listen to all getting off. Uh, continue making history, continue 
writing to your senators. Just call them until they are so annoyed that they listen to you. And um, we all love you. Indeed. Thanks so much for having us, Kat. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks Thank for being you. here. All right. Bye.